If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. What's up, everybody? It's finally time. A new episode of A Yank and a Swede, a Premier League podcast. I'm your Swede, Sebastian Noren, and with me, as always, you are Yank, Elliot Niblock. And it's been a while. Life, you know, happens. Uh, but we're back here, and we're going to take a look at what's coming up. Match week 29 of the Premier League. We got a couple of uh, tasty, tasty derbies ahead of us here. And uh, we'll just jump straight into it here, Elliot. So, starting off the weekend with a banger here. 7.30 Eastern time kickoff in the morning. Get up, get your eggs done, have a pint. It's Spurs against Arsenal. Oh, yeah. And I may not have time to fix myself some eggs, but I'm definitely going to be opening a beer and pouring it some orange juice and watching this match live. I've been underslept all week, and I don't care as it's a North London derby. And it's a big one. Just do a Rocky. Just crack the eggs in a glass and just... Well, we'll see. (laughs) We'll see how late and how hard this evening develops. Uh, And how much you want to risk getting salmonella. Yeah, I'm never that worried about it. Like, I always make my eggnog with raw eggs. I don't cook them. (laughs) Screw that. Anyway, this is more exciting than cooked eggs, however, because it is a North London derby. It is a North London derby that has major top four implications with Spurs holding a four-point advantage over Arsenal at the moment. Uh, However, Spurs coming off a frustrating defeat, Arsenal coming off of... Two successive wins and a convincing one with a 5-1 thumping of Bournemouth midweek. Uh, it's a it's a tantalizing game, Seb. Yeah, no, this is a perfect... I feel like this is a perfect time for Arsenal to play Spurs. As you said, Arsenal coming in. They've won three, win, or three games in a row in the league, whereas Spurs, they've lost their last two games. First, they lost against Burnley 2-1, sort of an upset there. And then they lost uh, midweek in another derby. As they they played away to Chelsea, which was a very big game too. So the race for top four definitely super on with uh, Spurs in third with 60 points. Arsenal in fourth, 56 points. Then Manchester United in fifth, 55 points. Chelsea in sixth, 53 points. Chelsea, we should note, does have a game in hand on the other Three clubs, um, and Chelsea themselves are playing in a derby, although not the one that's going to get most of the headlines as they play away against Fulham. Yeah, not the uh, not the three versus four historic London derby, but rather the uh, not quite doomed but looking that way cottagers sitting second bottom in nineteenth. So yeah, for good reason. Focusing on the Arsenal-Tottenham game, I think, is uh, to be expected yes. and the way to go. Because it's this is the, the schizophrenic Spurs side, and they are the only team, kind of shockingly, coming into you know, match day 29 without a single draw. Said they haven't drawn a game. And, yep. and this, is, this is the form that 
we've seen from them, obviously, throughout the season, because that has been the case throughout. Uh, the loss to Chelsea, I think the Kieran Trippier own goal really kind of summed up the deflation yeah. that it had at the end. But But all that is to say, you know, despite their bad form, this is a team that doesn't kind of slouch its inertia game by game, one to the next. It is a team that is either they show up or they don't. So as happy, of course, as I am to have Arsenal in fine fettle and Tottenham in struggling form coming into a North London derby as a gooner, I am nonetheless wary of the fact that this Tottenham team is far from toothless. And I hate to say it, but Arsenal are going to need three or four because I see a Harry Kane brace on the horizon at Wembley this weekend. Oh, yeah, that would be something, huh? Yeah, it, it's sort of interesting, too. Like you said, no draw. So 20 wins, eight losses. And, um, you know, if you take a look at the rest of the top six, Arsenal and Chelsea, they have six losses each. Then you got United with five. So it's... Uh, it's quite a weird situation that they're in this season. I know well, yeah, we, we had, the, what was it, a couple of years ago, we had United drew like 20 games. Uh, yeah, the reverse. <laughs> or, I mean, it felt like 30. Yep. But, yeah, so either they show up or they don't. It's uh, kind of an enigma there. We'll see if the, maybe they'll get their first draw of the season here. Mm. And honestly, from an Arsenal perspective, you have to be happy with that because, the the again, it's kind of, binary win-or-lose form that Tottenham have displayed heretofore throughout the season suggests that if we can keep this gap at four points, that's not actually all that bad, considering where we were, you know, just a couple short weeks ago. Yep. No, that's absolutely true. And uh, Manchester City, they take on... Let's see if I can get this. Get it up here. Here we go. Bournemouth on the road. Bournemouth. Yes. So we'll see how many goals they can put past Bournemouth if Arsenal can do five. Well, yeah. I mean, of course, though. However, I was at home, so now they travel to Bournemouth. Uh, yeah. So a little trickier there. Um, but, you know, let's not forget, it was not that long ago that Bournemouth at home thumped. In fact, it was just about exactly a month ago that they thumped Chelsea 4-0. So, uh not a team. Not a team to take lightly, especially on the road. That said, I still expect City to do the deed. Yeah, and they got some pretty good wins under their belt here. Four wins in the last five league games. They defeated your Arsenal three to one, then Everton away two nothing, then they smacked Chelsea in the, you know what, six nothing, and then they beat West Ham, and they also won the Carabao Cup on penalties. So. Um, yeah, let's touch on that situation real quick with Kip uh, not wanting to sub out. Boy, it's... Because uh, we haven't talked since then. Yeah. Since yeah. And, and I was just sitting laughing my behind off when I was oh, watching yeah. the game. It was, it was unbelievable. Um, I, I half expected him to not merely be dropped from the squad but you know sent down to the reserves or something i mean it's it was uh, it was it was really unbelievable uh and i think that it was no surprise that subsequently caballero got the nod i mean you can't you cannot start a goalkeeper in the next match after he does that no absolutely not um 
certainly not that kind of leading from the back sort of position. I mean, you you pretty much uh, the only player in the world who would be undroppable in such a situation would be a uh, maybe a Neymar or a Ronaldo. But when those situations occur, as we saw similarly with Ronaldo and Emery in Paris, it usually means that it's it's a me or you situation. Um, and I can't I can't imagine I can't imagine coming back from this in the locker room. You know what it reminds me of is and not even as public or arguably, and I would agree, not as kind of dis graceful and disrespectful a situation, but it reminds me of Wojciech Szczesny smoking a cigarette in the showers at Arsenal when we were down in the doldrums, and he never came back from that, and he's a phenomenally talented keeper. I think by all accounts, we should have kept him, but that really was effectively the end of his Arsenal career. The and old shower cigarette. Old shower cigarette. I mean, I've heard of. I mean, a shower beer is something that's you know that's a good thing. Oh, I love a shower. But beer. hey, and you know, there's actually research that after strenuous activity such as 90 minutes of football, a beer replaces your electrolytes just as well as Gatorade. Yeah, I don't think a cig- so, cigarette does that. No, not so much. No, if not anything, so it takes away. So, uh, kids, don't smoke yeah. in the shower. Don't smoke at all. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's sort of a weird one. But Kepa, I still think he's he's too good for for them just to let him go, and he costs them way too much money. He's, yeah. you know, it, we've talked about this before. Is sorry on his way out, and this is clear indication that everything is not right at Chelsea. Yeah, and I, th- I mean, I don't think that. Listen, it plays really well into media narratives that oh, get clicks about, you know, conflict in the dressing room. I honestly think that it was mostly just Kepa saying, oh, no, you think I'm injured? I'm not injured. Yeah. But it's still not his place to say. Um, and and also you can, you can, and I think should, lay some blame at the feet of Cesares Poqueta because he was the captain and he, he failed to be an effective go-between. Yes. I mean, what oh, he had absolutely. to do was pull Kepa over to the touchline and say, if that's what you have to say, you say it right here, and then you get off the pitch if the boss says, I don't care, come off the pitch. Yep. Because this is not a decision that you're allowed to make from the 18-yard box. No, that's absolutely true. Definitely a, uh, a breakdown in communication there. So uh, we'll see. Have we seen any news about if he's going to be back in goal or not for the Fulham game? I mean, Sari said explicitly that this was about sending a message to the players. Um, he got fined, what, a week? Worth yeah, a week's pay. Just, yeah. Um, which, again, is, it's fair. I mean, it is – It's uh, he, he created a scandal around a club that is already mired in leadership controversy. And, again, I, I, you know, he's a young man. He's in his mid-20s. I don't think that he intended this to be I'm drawing a line in the sand and showing that I don't have faith in the manager anymore. But it was not it was a a naive moment of competitive spirit that has kind of overshadowed the future of both himself, but more so this football club and his boss. And yeah, he, he certainly deserves to be fined for that. 
yeah, we'll 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 see what happens here. But he, I mean, he said, sorry, said that you know Kepa is the first choice. Uh, he's very young. He's improving, and yada yada yada. Um, so we'll 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 see what happens there. But definitely an interesting situation. Like you said, it feeds into the whole narrative that uh, things are not well at Chelsea. Uh, we should also, of course touch upon the Merseyside Derby that's on Sunday 11.15 a.m. kickoff we should say that Fulham Chelsea kicks off at 9.05 on Sunday but uh, let's spend the last 10 minutes here on Everton against Liverpool Liverpool right now at the top of the table 69 points one point ahead of Man City yeah, I mean, it's uh, despite being played at Goodison Park, you have to feel as though on the tilt of the season, this game is Liverpool's to lose. But a Merseyside derby is always exactly that. You know, Everton are going to certainly be up for it. Uh, themselves coming off of a pretty solid 3 0 win. Uh, I think that the Toffees will be frustrated that they're not getting more from Theo Walcott out wide. Uh, certainly, Sigurdsson has started to cash in. Uh, and I think that also uh, Calvert-Lewin is one of the young talents that I am really excited by. Yes. However, they in order if they're going to win this game, they're going to need goals from width. And that means Richarlison and Theo Walcott, at least one of them's got to get on the score sheet. Because this is a Liverpool team that defends extremely well. This is a Liverpool team that has... Not merely, you know, I think really quality fullbacks, a phenomenally quality goalkeeper, but it's really the the well-coached by Klopp, but work ethic and intangibles of harrying players out of possession in the midfield of Wijnaldum, but especially James Milner. And I, I, that is what I point to when I say you can you cannot stay narrow against this team because... Their center backs are so good. Their goalkeeper is so good. And Milner's engine seems to just be timeless because he is he's just everywhere. He's he's the box-to-box midfielder of the season, for my money, at this point. No, it's true. Um, and, I mean, if you take a look at the schedule for Liverpool here to close out this season, uh, Everton game, that's their, on paper, toughest road game that they have left. Because they played Burnley at home after this. Then they play Fulham on the road, Spurs at home, uh, Southampton on the road, Chelsea at home, Cardiff on the road, Huddersfield at home, Newcastle on the road, and then they close out with Wolves at home. God, Seb, how did we? How did we get here? How how are there only ten matches? Left? I don't know. It's it's March already. I was like Thanksgiving was last week, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I still I, I still am writing twenty eighteen on my check sometimes. Yeah, yeah no, I, I feel like the. Liverpool has a slight edge when it comes to the to the scheduling here. City still has to travel to Old Trafford and play Manchester United. Uh, they will also play um, Spurs at home just four days prior to that Man United trip. So uh, it's uh, hopefully it you know goes all the way down to the wire. Oh yeah, that's uh, that was our hope from the beginning of the season. Um, I. I personally think this title tilt might be decided match day 36 or 37, but we'll see. I mean, you know, there's, there's one point now. It's really, however, the uh, 
the Burnley of last year that we've begun to see emerge, I'm looking at that fixture where City travel to Burnley, match day 36, Liverpool host Beetlebaum Huddersfield, and I just have a feeling that, okay, well, maybe that'll be the day when we see City drop points to a, a fiery, you know, stick to it if Burnley and Liverpool blow it open in the final final stretch. But we'll, you know, we'll find out. Again, uh, I'm I'm just hoping for good football all the way and through until May. Yeah, I mean the bottom of the table. It's pretty sad reading. Huddersfield did get a win midweek against Wolves, one nothing. Uh, that was their third win of the season. Steve Money with the goal in added time. So it's a it's a dire dire reading there for Huddersfield Town fans. Fourteen points, only twenty eight games. I think that it's safe to say that they're going down. Fulham they only have seventeen points. They've lost four straight here. After that nice win over Brighton, they lost against Crystal Palace. They lost against Man United. Lost against West Ham, and now they. In their last game, they lost against Southampton, which was a very important game for them as Southampton sits just above the drop zone. Cardiff, uh, they do have two wins in their last five, but they have two losses in a row here. They lost 5-1 to one against Watford at home, and then they lost 3 nothing at home against Everton midweek. So Southampton's win over Fulham took them above the drop zone. So I, I don't know. How, how many teams should we count in here if we move away from Liverpool-Everton? as a We both feel like Liverpool should be able to take care of business there. Uh, where would you draw the line if you look at the table? For the drop zone, you mean? Yeah. Like, I'm assuming, I mean, are we, is it safe to say Fulham, Huddersfield, they're done and dusted for? It's too big. God, it, it breaks my heart for the Cottagers, especially since I had high hopes for them at the beginning of the season. But I've got to say yes. And I've got to say yes in part because of, you know, staring down the barrel of a hungry Chelsea side, uh, still having to host Liverpool, still having to host City. I just, I don't see it. I mean, those those three games, I, I don't see them getting a point from those three and I think that nine more points dropped, that is the death knell for the Cottagers. And I, I just, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I'm sorry, guys. I, would, I wish you the best. I was thrilled to see you promoted. I'm sad to see you go. But I think Fulham is playing championship football in 2020. Okay, so then we got Cardiff right now in the last relegation spot, 25 points. Then you got Southampton, Brighton, 27 points. Burnley, Crystal Palace, 30 Newcastle thirty one. Is that where you sort of draw the line? I don't. I I don't draw the line until Bournemouth. Okay, Bournemouth thirty four points in twelve. I think points. Newcastle. I think Newcastle will be safe, but also, you know, six points with ten left to play. That that's not guaranteed. No. Yeah, Newcastle pretty good run here. They got um, two wins in the last two games, and before that, they had a draw. So three-game unbeaten streak for them. Yeah, I think, though, I also, and I've said this before, that despite their struggles this season, I still think Southampton are going to be able to avoid relegation. I I hold, 
out hope if I am a Cardiff supporter. But I I see I see them going down, especially especially given that Brighton still has a game in hand. Uh, yeah, Brighton does have a game in hand. That's true. Although that game is against Chelsea. Yes, um, but it, you know, even a point from that is something. Yeah, Cardiff. If we take a look at their uh, run of fixtures here, well, they have a date to be confirmed with a game against. Brighton. Uh, yeah, Wolves coming up here on Saturday. Then West Ham, Chelsea, Man City, Burnley, Liverpool, Fulham, Crystal Palace, Man United. That's a tough slate of games. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the only game I would be like, yeah, you could probably win this, that's Fulham. Oh, poor Cottagers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens there, but definitely shaping up to be a a fun close to the season for some teams. Uh, what will be the magic number? The amount of Ooh. points. Who will finish in seventeenth, and how many points will they have? It's it's tricky because I feel like it's slightly inflated just because the bottom two are so far down. Yeah. Um, so, I want to say they. Might, I mean, they might need thirty-five. I think thirty-five is safe. Yeah, I definitely feel like thirty-five is safe. Um, yeah, Leicester could plumb it, and I still think that they would be safe. Speaking of Leicester, they got a new manager. Well. Brandon Rogers, coming over from Celtic. Yeah, uh, some unsavory scenes of Celtic supporters singing uh, about hope, hoping for Rogers' demise after his departure, which is is pretty unfair. You know, I mean, I know that you want to. But I mean, why? Yeah. It's not like Celtic is gonna. They're still gonna ride this out. They're still gonna win the league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I'm of two minds about this, right? Because on the one hand, if I'm Brendan Rodgers, I think that, yeah, the, the the Premier League is the Premier League. Yes, uh, exactly. And Leicester City are a team that have talent and they have more resources than a lot of other Premier League sides that might be struggling and offering a managerial position. Mm-hmm. But you're also walk, you're also walking away from a trophy, and you're walking away from a club that is in pole position, as you said, to get a trophy. And I also think that you're right that Rangers are not going to catch Celtic. Uh, but I can I can understand the frustration of the fans. Of course, you know, singing that you hope your recent boss dies is always unsavory. Uh, never a good look. Not a thing anyone should do. But I get, I get the, I get where it's coming from. Even if I think that its uh, iteration is over the top. Yeah, I think it, um, Celtic are just that much better than all the other teams in mm-hmm. in the Scottish Premiership. So it's not the end of the world that Rodgers leaves them, and I do understand his willingness to go back to the Premier League at this stage of a season. 
because the Leicester job might not be there in the summer. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, so, a smart move from him for a simple, you know, just career choice. Uh, and yeah, it sounds like you're going to be fine. They have yeah, to move their kid, Timmy J. Yeah, so, they'll be fine. Yeah. They'll p- get in another decent named manager who, it's okay. Don't be mad. No. Or be mad, just don't sing about him dying. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, with that, we're going to wrap things up. we got things to do. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Norin. Elliot is Keats was better and give one yank one sweet a follow as well. Until next time, have a good one. Bye-bye.